Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Christopher Alt, Chief Revenue Officer at Cooper University Hospital. Christopher, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Laura. Happy to be here. Fantastic. Well, I know we have a lot to talk about today. There's so much happening in healthcare and really a lot changing. I know we spoke a bit last fall and and even since then, a lot has happened. So I'm looking forward to our conversation and your expertise here. But before we dive into the broader discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. I currently work at Cooper University Healthcare, Camden, New Jersey. I serve as our chief revenue officer, overseeing all of the revenue-related functions for the health system. Uh, Cooper's a level one trauma center, academic medical center. Uh, We've got over 100 outpatient locations, urgent care, um, all the subspecialties you can think of, um, and and, uh, one main hospital here in the city of Camden with about 650 beds. I've been here since 2018, and uh, we've seen tremendous growth over those last five or six years. Uh, When I got here, the health system was about a billion two in, in net revenue, and this year will hopefully exceed two billion. So um, it's been a very fun experience uh, having been at Cooper th- thus far and looking forward to what's to come. That's an amazing growth over the last few years, and especially on the revenue side and, and during a time when it's been challenging for a lot of organizations, um, you know, through the pandemic to really um, stay successful. When you look at your strategy um, for growth and development, what are some of the the things that you think have been really key uh, for you to have been successful over the last few years? Yeah, it's, it, it, we have been very fortunate. Um, you know, a large, large portion of our revenue growth is related to growth in number of providers, right? And so we have done a lot of investment in expanding our, our clinical footprint in South Jersey um, and, and doing all that we can to serve the communities. Um, that we're fortunate enough to serve and keep business in New Jersey. Uh, we, you know, we we saw maybe a decade ago a lot of out migration from New Jersey into Philadelphia for uh, specialized care, and we've made a lot of investments to uh, provide that care here, right at and in the patient's backyard. And so, um, you know, the other thing that supported our growth has been uh, enhanced uh, managed care rates and, and revenue cycle processes. Um, to answer your question about how we have experienced such growth while, you know, the industry faces a lot of headwinds. I mean, we, we haven't been immune to the headwinds, right, over the last couple of years, particularly with the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic. You know, we, you and I talked last time a lot about payer behavior and the challenges around increased audits and retrospective reviews of medical necessity, things like that. We've not been immune to those things, um, but we were, you know, call it luck or, or um, you know, good strategy, but pre-pandemic, we invested a lot of time and resources and people into establishing um, a centralized training and education function that supports all the growth we've had. So um, we have one team here at Cooper that is responsible for and is the source of truth for all things revenue cycle throughout the enterprise. Uh, which has it's a, it's been a great foundation for us to scale growth on top of, 
Um, and as we've grown in terms of number of providers and locations and, and all those sorts of things, we've got this, this underlying chassis of training and education that, that has allowed us to not experience a lot of the headaches uh, that we may have otherwise had to go through. So um, I credit a lot of it to that. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and it was really great to hear you have that type of foresight down the, and, and could really fortify uh, the revenue cycle in, in whatever possible, I guess, um, ahead of the pandemic, although obviously it's hard to predict that, but really, you know, just being able to be in a solid place um, and have a great strategy uh, as the foundation going forward. Now, what are some of the opportunities as well as the headwinds that you have your eye on right now? I know you mentioned already kind of some of the regulatory challenges and the different policies coming from payers um, that that can keep you up at night. Um, you know, what's the landscape like now? Do you see any changes in one direction or another? So in terms of the payer behavior and regulatory sort of climate, um, it's not changed much. And I think, you know, m- more than anything, we're we're trying to figure out how we how we batten down the hatches and how we prepare for that for the next five or 10 years. Um, I don't anticipate that um, legislation at the state or federal level is going to sway necessarily in the provider's favor. If you, if you, if you read um, a lot of what's going on in the press, um, there's a lot of focus on cost and price transparency and a lot of, um, you know, a lot of pressure on hospitals to justify the small margins that we already make. So, um, we're really focused on how do we how do we support growth of the organization without continuing to add necessarily the the one to one FTE count and how do we get smart with labor how do we attract people to come work at Cooper and then once they're here how do we keep them here um, you know healthcare and more specifically revenue cycle within healthcare is not a field that most people dream of going into I mean I think talk to anybody um, who's been in it a long time, they fell into it, right, for one reason or another. And so, you know, we have really been talking a lot about career laddering, professional development. How do we invest in, once we can attract the right talent here, how do we invest in them to keep them here, um, keep them engaged, keep them growing, um, to develop the next generation of leaders? Because, um it's just, it's a really difficult industry to recruit into. And uh, particularly when you, when you think about, you know, remote work and flexibility of, of work arrangements and things like that, um, healthcare has always sort of lagged behind. Um, you know, over the, with the pandemic and, and the unfortunate onset of all that that brought with it, uh, that changed. And some of that was for the good, I think, Candidly, as an industry, we probably moved too quickly in one direction, but we had to. Um, and now I think if, you know, depending on who you talk to, I think everyone's trying to figure out where's the middle, right? How do we, like, where does this ultimately settle in terms of working from home and, you know, productivity management and quality management? And how do we, um, you know, call, what, revenue cycle so diverse just within itself between registration and coding and billing and case management, scheduling, training, education. Um, Not all of those jobs are the same. Not all of them come with the same capabilities of remote work. Um, And so trying to figure out a standardized way is probably not the, not the best approach. It's, it's how do you come up with 
the way that works the best for everyone while being able to, you know, serve the customized needs of, of each of those groups. And so, you know, we spend, that's what we spend a lot of our time talking about now is, is what's that look like and what are the investments we need to make now? What should we be thinking about um, so that we can do our jobs as good financial stewards for the health system while also being there to support what the growth that, um, you know, we expect to achieve. So, yeah, I said a lot, but I, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of challenges going on right now. But I think there's solutions, and you know, whoever does it best will win, and that's what we're focused on. Absolutely, I think that makes a lot of sense, and and definitely it was fascinating to hear you talk about uh, bringing in the next generation of healthcare revenue cycle leaders. Certainly, it's an important field, and so important for any hospital or health system to have uh, those leaders in place that are going to make sure that on the financial side of things, um, you know, you're doing what you can in order to stay in a great place and be solid to provide care going forward. And you know, when you're looking at um, the workforce, whether it's you know the the um, up and coming leaders or those who are just entering the field, as well as those who are maybe seasoned veterans or from other industries, are there any trends that you're noticing in what they really are expecting and looking for in the workplace and in what they really appreciate or, um, you know, what does that look like for you? What has, uh, have you noticed in, in our working towards um, making available to your team? Well, that's the hardest part is that this generation, the next generation of leaders, um, you know, the, the folks who are, are recent graduates of college, the 22 to 25 or six year olds call it, um, they have a very wide ranging set of preferences in relation to, or as in regards to kind of where they want to work and what they want that to look like. And so, you know, it goes back to this one size fits all approach is probably not going to work anymore. Um, but at the same time, you can't have a hundred different offerings for a hundred different people because it's impossible to manage. And so, you know, that's, that, that's, I don't necessarily have a great answer. It's just, you know, the, the question was how to, what are the headwinds? Um, this is number one on my mind is, you know, for the last decade plus, um, most of the folks who, if you walked around a business office or you walked around any kind of rev cycle area, a lot of the folks that you would run into are people who had been there for 15 or 20 years. Um, and, you know, they grew a loyalty to the organization and they grew to appreciate the benefits um, that come with, you know, being an employee of a health system, you know, medical benefits, 403B matches, all those kinds of things. Uh, but this is a different, different climate and a different labor market and a different set of folks coming into the workforce. And, um, you know, I think as an industry, we have to figure out what the right offering is that's going to attract those people because we're losing them to, to banks and, and, and manufacturing and, um, you know, any other industry that's more flexible, more forward thinking, more remote. Um, we just, we need to, as a whole, I think we need to, um, speed up a little bit the thought process around how we attract that next generation um, and how do we grow and develop them. The hardest thing for me to figure out, quite honestly, is um, in this world of flexible work arrangements and, and remote work, which I support uh, to some extent, I think there's a lot of value to it. The question is, how do you teach people? How do you teach them the application of their work? I mean, I think in RevCycle specifically, uh, there's so much value 
to a registrar knowing what a biller does and vice versa. And there's so much value to the scheduling people sitting arm in arm with the authorization team. Um, there's so much handoff. Uh, I, I think that in-person camaraderie is something that we built a lot of success on over the years, not just at Cooper, but as a whole. And so what's the right way to do that? Uh, how do you train a 25-year-old analyst, for instance, about the application of the denial work that they're doing? How do you teach them what really goes on within case management and what may have caused that denial in the first place at registration? Without being able to touch and feel it, I think you know, it's not that it's impossible. It's just we have to figure out a different way to do it, and I don't think we're there yet. Um, again, not just at Cooper. I think you know more globally, we're just we're just not there uh, to figure out that development path. And so that's that's the that's the the majority of my focus, our focus. Those are such huge issues to grapple with, and like you said, cross not only healthcare organizations but industries too. I know here at Becker's we have a similar challenge of trying to just make sure that as we work together cross departmentally and now uh, very much either hybrid or remote, it's a lot to uh, instill our culture and make sure that we're not missing anything, missing any links, and, and continuing to do the great things that we are aiming to do um, within the organization. So I think that's so critical and, and definitely something that um, you know we don't have a solution yet for, but it'll be fascinating to see how that grows and develops in the future. And speaking of that, what are some of the best opportunities that you see um, for adding value to the organization overall? How do you think about growth in particular, if you're able to look into a crystal ball for the next couple of years here? So to answer the first part of your question about value, um, we, you know, we're an overhead area, right? We're, we're, um, we cost the organization money. And so our focus every year is how do we pay for ourselves uh, year in and year out? How do, we, how do we provide incremental value to the bottom line that supports the investment and resources that we consume? Uh, that's number one. And I think every overhead area in any health system ought to think that way because um, ultimately you're eating into the margin if you're not adding to it. Um, and then in terms of growth, you know, Cooper, specifically around Cooper, we've got a lot of exciting things on deck. Um, we're opening a new 160,000 square foot facility local to us. That's going to be kind of an ambulatory hub for um, all of our specialties that we offer here and be able to provide our world-class cancer care uh, out, in there, out, in that, um, out in that area, as well as bring all of our um, you know, orthopedic and neurological and other subspecialty expertise out to the folks in that region. So that'll be, that's extremely exciting for us. And we plan to, to continue that strategy over the next few years. Um, you know, New Jersey is a very interesting state in terms of healthcare. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of M&A over the last few years. And so it remains to be seen what will happen with that. But uh, we're very well positioned in this area to, to, uh, you know, control our own destiny and, and, and we provide amazing care to uh, a community that we take a lot of pride in serving. Um, and so what does growth look like? I mean, you know, for us uh, as a revenue cycle unit um, and within our managed care team, I think growth is, is about doing all of the right things to develop our workforce so that in 10 or 15 years, uh, whoever the next person you're talking to sitting in my chair, hopefully it's still me, but you never know. Um, you know, they are 
they are armed with a, a workforce that is well positioned to continue the success that uh, we've been able to enjoy. And so I think, you know, take a lot of pride in preparing the next generation, succession planning, uh, training, education, all those kind of things we've talked about, you know, so far, how do we hardwire success for the next five or 10 years? Um, that is where our focus is and that's what growth looks like to me. So, um, yeah, a lot, a lot going on, a lot of exciting stuff, but it's, you know, without challenge, in my opinion, it's not very much fun. I love that. Thank you so much, Christopher, for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a fun discussion and certainly excited to see you at our events this fall as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Look forward to seeing you. Thank you. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.